I don't know if y'all have heard Let Me Happen To You Girl by the Bacon Brothers yet, buddy, yo. That's my joy. That's my joy. Hey, yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Waters, a.k.a. John Hughes, a.k.a. John Holmes, a.k.a. the kind of guy who will not only use an Oxford comma, but will also make sure that you know that he is using an Oxford comma, a.k.a. Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. Today, my guests are the Tisberries. They have a new album coming out on September 16th entitled Exile on Main Street. Yeah, Exile on Main Street. The first single from it, Garden, is out now on all of your favorite streaming services and can be found in heavy rotation on 88.5 WXPN. And not just that, but they also have a super dope music video for it as well. And you know how much I love my music videos! We talk about that and a whole bunch more in just a bit here. You know... One of the things that I truly enjoy about hosting this podcast is getting to meet and talk to all of the incredible musicians and artists from the Philly area and beyond that have been kind enough to take some time out of their lives and come on the show. And creating this podcast has helped me really feel like I am a part of this community. It's a community that I was a part of for many years on the other side as a singer-songwriter, and I know how challenging it can be at times to reach new ears. So now, as I sit in a different role where I am afforded the opportunity to bring to you artists and creators that maybe you would have never heard of, I get a sense of pride that I can shine whatever light I can on these insanely talented people. I love hearing from people that they track down and listen to someone that they heard on the show and ended up loving their music. You know, to me, that's what this is all about. Sharing with you guys the people behind some shit that I really dig. Because I really do dig each and every one of them. You could even say that my guests are all my John, yo. What else is going on around here? Oh, I got something for you. We hit a new milestone for the podcast. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with the new podcast app called Good Pods, but it's a podcast player that doesn't just let you listen to, rate, and review podcasts, but it also functions like a social media app where you can comment and like episodes and follow other people and see in your feed what your friends are listening to and whatnot. It's like a pretty cool app that is trying to level the playing field in the realm of podcast discovery just to help indie podcasters get visibility. And in the first week of August here, Yo, That's My John hit number two on the top music interview chart and number 15 in the top indie music podcast chart. How cool is that? Mama says we're bona fide. 
<laughs> so thank you guys. Thank you for listening and helping us reach the top of the charts. It is so overwhelmingly awesome, and I am so, so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. And lastly, before we get to the Tisberries interview, let me ask you, have you signed up for the mailing list yet? Have you? Well, get on that bad boy. Head on over to www.yothatsmyjohn.com and sign on up to get some sweet, sweet updates delivered right into your inbox. Everybody's doing it. You don't want to be the last kid on your block to join the fun, do you? Sign on up already. And, of course, hook us up with the hot follow on all the social media sites. At Yo That's My John. Facebook, IG, Twitter. Come on now, do it. Follow me. All right, we have to take a short ad break here. But then, my interview with the Tisberries. My guests today are a five-piece indie rock band hailing from the city of brotherly love. Formed in 2015, the band has evolved from its early lo-fi roots to incredible power-pop stylings reminiscent of the bands that they call influences. Bands such as The Replacements, The Gin Blossoms, and Big Star, just to name a few. Their latest album, Exile on Main Street, is set to be released on September 16th, the same day that they take the stage, not just as a performer at the 2022 Exponential Music Festival, but also as the first double former WXPN intern band to play the fest. Told you I was going to say it. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show Tyler Assay, John Dominico, Doug Keller, and Jason McGovern. Guys, give it up for the Tisberries. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Tisberries. Guys, thank you for joining me today on Yo, That's My John. Thank you so much for having us. Very excited to be here. So I'm super stoked to have you guys on. I've been um, secretly e-stalking you for about a year now. So um, this is kind of like a culmination of wishes. So I definitely appreciate you guys coming on. Let's go kind of around the horn and uh, I'll let you guys kind of introduce yourselves, uh, where you're from and what you do in the band. Well, we'll, we'll start. Uh, Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm I'm Tyler. I sing and play guitar uh, for the Tisburys. Uh, I'm originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania, with John down there, and uh, we've been playing together since uh, like second grade, technically, but like yeah, since high school. But uh, yeah, so the Tisburys has gone through a bunch of different uh, incarnations in the past like ten years or so. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great, and I've it's it's been coming along really well. So that's me. That's Tyler. Awesome. John, go for it. Uh, so uh, I'm in Brooklyn now. But yeah, Tyler and I played for the first time in second grade uh, where we did a piano duet because we had the same piano teacher. We didn't know each other. Uh, but I forget, was it Stars and Stripes Forever or something? Was, like? Yeah, John Philip Sousa. Yep. Yeah. So that's where we technically, that was the Tisbury's first gig. Uh, but then, yeah, in high school, we started playing uh, probably, what, 11th grade or something? Around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now yeah, we're a little farther apart. But I try to make it down for all the uh, all the you know the shows, which I can't. So shoes. We make it work. It's a long yeah, distance awesome. relationship. You, yeah. you guys um, should recut Stars and Stripes forever. Yeah, we should. Yeah, this bird's version. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was better back then. I, I have lost all of my talent. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Doug, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm Doug. I'm like the only one that doesn't sing in the band except for the drummer. Uh, but I play bass. And I've been with the band since 2017. In August was my first show with them. And it's oh. been great ever since. That's awesome. That is awesome. Jason? Um, I'm Jason. I, I joined... I'm the newest member. I joined uh, last year for uh, the Wilco tribute show that was done at World Cafe Live. And I've been hanging around, hanging around ever since. I'm originally from Central PA, been in Philly for uh, longer than I can remember at this point. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you guys, uh, by the way, uh, the Wilco covers are absolutely phenomenal. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wilco guy myself. Um, I'll have to send you guys a copy uh, for yourselves, not to share anywhere else of me doing Cars Can't Escape because it's um, <laughs> deep uh, cut. Yeah, buddy. Awesome. You know what? I can't. Yeah. I got to I gotta go B-sides and, and album, you know, yeah. <laughs> album outtakes and all. That's, uh, that's where I'm at. Um, so uh, growing up, what kind of music were you guys listening to? We'll just kind of continue that pattern around the horn. Um, yeah, I guess it started out a lot of Beatles, a lot of classic rock. Um, I think around high school was when I started getting into cool music in quotes. Uh, and that what was is like, that? What's cool music? <laughs> well, just for me, that was, it's like, oh, stuff that was happening at the time. So the Strokes and Arctic Monkeys and Arcade Fire and the indie rock stuff that I loved all through high school. And I think, uh, like John and I used to do covers at uh, there's like a coffee shop in Clark Summit, and we used to do Fleet Foxes and Bonnie Vare songs and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, and since then it's kind of evolved, kind of going back in time. And now it's more replacements and gin blossoms and that jam. But what can you do? That's that's uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, we prefer John over jam here. And that's just Jimmy <laughs> Fallon hate. But um, but no, that's you, uh, right in my wheelhouse. And that's why, like, I've, you know, really gotten into you guys, uh, you know, since I started uh, uh, listening to you. Uh, John, how about yourself? What were you listening to? Similar stuff growing up? Uh, yeah. Let, uh, let's see. I think Zeppelin was pretty big. I was trying to learn all the Jimmy Page stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, Beatles, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, once when Tyler started listening to cool bands, uh, <laughs> I rejected them intentionally, <laughs> except for Boney Bear and Fleet Foxes. You know, I was like that the folky stuff, you know, but uh, no, they're all great. Uh, LCD sounds of sort stuff, too. But yeah, as a kid, definitely Zeppelin Beatles. I don't really know of much else that I listened to back then. John yes. could play Stairway to Heaven when we were in like fifth grade. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> My uh, my my uh, uh, Zeppelin. My one song when I was like first learning how to play guitar was uh, "Over the Hills and Far Away" because yeah. everybody else was playing <laughs> uh, "Stairway," so I had to be different on purpose. You <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. But the the main reason was I used to work for a music store called Stewart's Music in Lansdale. It's not there anymore. Now it's a place called The Rock Den, and they put on shows there. And I kind of want to go play the open mic so I can be like, hey, you know, I used to work the register right there, and that's where I learned how to play guitar. But uh, <laughs> this guy came in with his girlfriend and asked to see the twelve string that was behind. The, behind the counter and I took it down and I handed it to him and he played over the hills and far away like flawlessly and I was like blown mm -hmm. away like right that was like one of the one of those magical moments of music for me and uh and his girlfriend was like not bad a little rusty and I was like you bitch like I was so, <laughs> I was so furious at her um as some random guy's girlfriend just because she was so uh dismissive uh Doug Ooh, what were yeah, you, how could you? <laughs> uh 
Um, so I'm a little bit older than John and Tyler, and I feel like sometimes our age difference shows, but not too often. But the first thing I got into was Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was one of the first albums that I bought. So that was a huge influence on me. And then as far as like other bands from there, I would say the Pixies were giant for me and Primus and then a little bit of fish, I guess, at some point. Um, and Pink Floyd, which I still love. Um, and then Ween was the coolest thing I ever saw or listened to. On the wish list for the uh, podcast, I would love to talk to Dean and Gene. Like, just, you know, some of the just the the uh, lo-fi recording that they did um, absolutely blows me away. And I would love to just pick their brain and be like, and then on, how did you, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's well, and Tyler and I were talking about this like a couple months ago. It's just like thinking about what other albums came out when Godwin Satan came out, or even The Mollusk at that point. Like, if you heard that compared to, yeah, but that was Tyler's point. I always, I always shit my brains over the fact that um, I think it was, I think it's '96. Um, Spoon and Ween were both on Electra, and Spoon put out a series of sneaks, and Ween put out. I think 12 Golden Country Greats. Is that correct? It sounds about right. And one of them was dropped from Electra because the album underperformed, underperformed and it was not, or Spoon was dropped. Yeah. <laughs> really? and, oh, wow. and hindsight is like so insane because Ween, you would think, is like the least commercial band ever. And they've been put, they put out like six major label records over the course of the 90s and early 2000s, which is completely mind blowing to me. It's one of the things that I want to ask them about is how powerful getting um, Push the Little Daisies on Beavis and Butthead was to saving them because that exposure was unmatched at the time, you know, yeah. like just like a really, really hardcore fan base that just went to bat for every every crazy idea they had. Which totally says something. Yeah. I actually just picked up, um, it just came in the mail today. I'm so happy. I don't know if you, have you ever heard the uh, co stars. Uh, so it was um, Jill and I think Viv from Luscious Jackson did an album, um, a side project, and it's absolutely stellar. Check it out. It's on all your streaming services. Classics with a K is the name of the album. But um, um, I think Dean uh, sings on one of the songs. They do. Oh, like a, okay. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful song. Um, Jason, how about yourself? What were you listening to? Uh, yeah, I I grew up in a classic rock household. So uh, although it wasn't it wasn't so much a Beatles and Stones classic rock, it was it was a Fleetwood Mac and Genesis and uh, kind of household. So that that kind of stuck. And I never I don't think I ever got into the cool stuff because <laughs> by the time I was like my, my senior year of high school, it was uh, Talking Heads was the was the big new thing for me. Um, and that that's like the cool stuff. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely cool stuff. <laughs> but but uh, even at that point, not not really modern at the time. Uh, and I guess I should. I don't even say what what I play playing the band. I play keys. Uh, and so I, I was I was kind of playing playing keys as a kid. I uh, started learning guitar around the same time I started listening to Talking Heads. So that screwed me up as a lead player. So I can't play. I can't play lead for shit. Oh yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think I can like play like I've written and can play like I think two solos. Um, that's my that's my extent of lead. I just it never like I I don't know it never clicked. And I've been playing since I was fifteen. And I'm like forty five now. You think I would like pick something up? But no, not a single bit. 
um, <laughs> not a, not a, not a lick. Um, playing mu- music as a as a kid, like um, what, what can you remember the first song you learned how to play? I think it was. Uh, I remember uh, my dad. Uh, played guitar my whole like acoustic guitar he would play in bars like jimmy buffett covers and stuff like that so when i was i think 12 or 13 i took piano lessons when i obviously we said me and john took piano lessons together um but i didn't start playing guitar until maybe 12 or 13 and i remember learning uh i've just seen a face by the beatles was very cool yeah that and um uh the john lennon stand by me the one yeah very cool very cool john how about you uh i might be mixing up but who cares i'm just gonna make it up because no one will know but i think the first (laughs) i think the first song i ever learned well we had this like piano at home and if this was before piano lessons then uh they had a like pre-programmed songs and it played part of fur elise and i think i i remember trying to work that out when i was like real little but then I didn't play piano again for like <laughs> forever. Uh, so the guitar was probably Blackbird, I want to say. Oh, Blackbird. And then Stairway to Heaven was the big one. I mean, I, I like. I, I think I picked up guitar when I was 12 and a half. And, and when I was 13, I was playing Stairway to Heaven. And then I peaked and then I've, I've just gotten worse from there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Doug, how about yourself? Yeah. Can you remember? I, I don't know if it's the first, but... Wilson by Fish, unfortunately. Oh my gosh! See, you got to wear that with a badge, badge of pride. You're, you're talking to a fish fan here, like. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it just—I feel like there's connotations that come with that that I—I'm still grappling with. Uh huh. I understand. You'll be—you'll—you'll you'll find your your comfort in it. Um, here's a—I I think I might have told um, Dan Drago, who you were just on his show. Um, I think I may have told him this when we talked, but um, when I was in college, I. I tried to write an entire screenplay to pitch to Fish uh, to do a Muppet version of Gamehenge. Oh, you know, that would be kind of cool, though. Right? Like, I just, it seemed like it would be the perfect kind of like Dark Crystal Labyrinth kind of thing. And um, yeah, so, so again, f- feel free to, to uh, relish in the fact that Wilson was your first song. You're talking to a guy here. <laughs> Jason, can you remember the first song you learned how to play? Uh, so for, so f- I'm trying to think. For, so for guitar, it was a Talking Head song. It was Uh Oh, Love Comes to Town. Wow, uh, great, great song. Yeah. Um, but for but for keys, uh, we had in high school. I had the, we had an electronic music class. So the the teacher had like just a bunch of old Korg, like early, when I say old Korg, like early '90s. O1W Korg, Korg O1W synthesizers, and one of the projects was to like transpose and sequence a song, you know, a couple songs of your choice. And I think I remember doing something off of Lindsey Buckingham's "Go Insane" album because that that's a synth-heavy album. And uh, I tried some kind of interpretation of like mediocre interpretation of "Sledgehammer" from Peter Gabriel. Very cool. That is very cool. Uh, does does that? Uh, do, do you have any recordings of that? Because I bet that uh, no, no. <laughs> they, they're on like. And if they were, they were on like three and a half floppy floppy yeah. disks that are long since gone. Oh man. Um, speaking of synths, 
and, and, and I'm just going to be jumping all over the place here because I have ADD, so please forgive me. Um, but the um, Pictures of Fireworks EP is absolutely phenomenal. Like, uh, I was absolutely obsessed when you guys put that out. Was that last year, right? Um, yeah, thank you. Um, that, that was all Jason. Jason mixed that. That's when we started, like, play, collaborating with him more often and, like, leading up to the Wilco thing. Because I was it was during the pandemic, and I was sending him songs, and we were kind of, like, like mixing it in real time like remotely which and it turned out great yeah very more electronic the electronic side of <laughs> definitely of for sure yeah. i I, th I thought you guys were making a pivot you know like that pivot that like every band makes somewhere around like their second album or so where they're <laughs> just like oh and now we're a synth pop band and uh you should have seen it coming because we had uh keys on one song you know like <laughs> one of those things um but it was very welcome and i, I thought i thought it, it turned out absolutely great like uh uh shattered uh stayed in my head for uh quite some time and and that one was John sent me that piano vamp this the da 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 and then it was just random like what what should I do with this it sounds cool and um you probably recorded it on that little uh, keyboard you got there right yeah right here <laughs> under all my paperwork uh, but yeah all I all I can do is I'll write like like three second loops and then I'm fin creatively exhausted. So then Tyler can flesh everything else out. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. I think John ended up sending me the MIDI, the MIDI file of the, mm -hmm. of the piano tracks. And I was able to find a nice CP 70 CP 80 sample mm -hmm. or soft synth. The um, the pandemic um, being what it was, um, did you do, are are you a group that found it um, uh, a creative blossom in there, or did it um, did it stifle anything? Doug and I were just talking about this what yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, we never took our foot off the gas. Like I feel like a lot of bands kind of slowed down or even broke up and. Uh, we, I, I was very just not wanting to stop at all. So we had been recording our last album, Sun Goes Down, um, and we had done like maybe five or six songs of that, and it was just going to be like a long EP or something. And then over the pandemic, when everything cut, it was let's. I was writing a bunch, so I said let's let's track these last couple songs remotely, at, tack them on. We got nothing else to do. Let's make this a record a full-length album and put it out and see how it does and and it was not letting up from there we just kept working and kept putting out music and doing dumb live streams and that kind of stuff so yeah i mean it's it's crazy like uh uh i i have said this a lot but like the amount of music that has come out of the pandemic like um is absolutely inspiring like it, it's just it, it's almost like everyone went um back to the campfire you know and back to kind of that you know that comfort of of just sitting around listening to music with other people um, um did did anybody anybody we have any positives in here did anybody go through it uh, oh, COVID? COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th yeah. I had it. <laughs> I think John's had it like three times at this I point. think I have it right now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, yeah, twice. Yeah. Okay, I um I have, and now I have to find the wooden here. Have <laughs> have made it so far. I'm like the last uh -huh. man standing mm. on the. Have never had it. Um, 
which is crazy because I work a um, essential job. Uh, so, so I was never home or anything, but I think I just have an immunity or I probably have had it five times and just didn't know, which is more <laughs> yeah. likely, which is absolutely more likely. <laughs> um, but, um, so, so, you know, over the pandemic working on that stuff, um, and then, you know, you guys, uh, are now working on, or about to release, uh, the, the new album, uh, Exile on Main Street, fucking bold choice, guys. Very Thank bold you. choice. <laughs> um, uh, tell everybody a little bit about, um, how the, that project came out or that album has come about in, in the birthplace if you will yeah i mean it goes back to when that first shutdown i think i a lot of these songs were written i think garden was written around the time that that happened but i was like oh this song i want to save this song i really love this song i think it's special let's save it for a first single on an upcoming album give it the the special treatment in a real studio and, and make sure it happens organically and nicely and um so a lot of these songs have been around for a minute uh there's a song on there that john wrote uh there's the always the, the mandatory john song on the album <laughs> and and that's a song that he sent me i feel like we were we played paulette together back in oh yeah 2018 or something yeah and, it must have been yeah that's when i was working at the nursing home i wrote it about a, a resident at the nursing home that i worked at yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um uh yeah, a lot of these songs lasted a while, and but this time around, it was like, okay, third album, um, let's go to a studio, let's cut it for real, let's um, everything. The pandemic had kind of loosened. We could go, and we cut it all at our uh, friend Justin Nazario's uh, home studio, Sound Splitter, where I mean, we've all now recorded our like we all are in our own bands too and we've all like we're pretty much paying justin's mortgage at this point by how because he does great work like he's he's the best yeah and um he's done a great job with uh like this new album I've, i'm really happy with how it's how it's turned out and uh very excited to, to share it with people it's exciting yeah, I'm stoked. I, I honestly, I can't wait to hear it. Um, and and it's it's so it's coming out September 16th, which is right when you guys are playing the Exponential Music Festival as well. Like, um, are you going to be able to keep your heads on your body because mine would explode? That's like a lot in the, in that week. No pressure. Just a lot of disassociation. Yeah, let me feel that one. <laughs> I mean, we are going to spend. We're going to have a Kickstarter before we go to XPN because we want to show up in a limo. I think that would really set the tone for our performance. Yeah. The the goal was to have to to bring a limo onto the festival grounds at Wiggins Park and uh we'll roll out the red carpet and then but we don't have a road crew, so Dan, who couldn't make it this evening for this podcast recording, but Dan would just have to carry his bass drum like down the red carpet <laughs> in Wiggins Park. It's like we shelled out for the limo, but we can't afford a a crew. That's awesome. I chip in on that. Hey, I'm a, uh, I'm an exponential music um, uh, fanatic. I've been there. Uh, we go like every year. It's my kind of my girlfriend, my uh, thing. Um, uh, and when they announced that you guys were playing, like, I, it, dude, it was like I'm not gonna lie. And I told you, I've been uh, uh, internet stalking you guys forever. Like, it was like, oh my god, my guys made it. Like, it was like <laughs> it was like an yeah. awesome moment. And I it's, so I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys. But what was it like getting that uh, getting that touch that call? It, 
a total dream come true. And I can't even like overstate that or understate whatever the correct phrasing of that is. I, I've, I've been going every year for the past. I think this will be my eighth XPN fest and Doug and I worked together. Um, and when the email came through, I stood up on my ch- desk chair and like, freak the fuck out like not even <laughs> Doug you can uh, no, yeah. you exploded but I totally get it I mean that was like the I don't think you ever imagined that you would get that opportunity or at least I didn't I've played in a couple bands before the Tisberries and just doing anything with XPN's the dream so I just feel like I'm I feel really lucky to get this opportunity yeah so lucky and Doug and I both interned at XPN too yeah oh really oh cool so uh, I'm sure they've had other bands that played with interns in them, but uh, maybe first double intern band to play XPN Fest. I don't know. But uh, you yeah. just have to make these declarative statements, and then they become facts. So exactly. just say <laughs> first double intern band to play the Exponential Music Principle. I'm a, I'm on board. I'll bill it as that. Watch, watch when I put this up. I'm going to put it in the text. <laughs> Um, but no, like that's super exciting, you know, and, and not just the, the album you guys are putting out, but then the, the Riverbee album also, like, when do you guys find time to do all of this? Uh, great question. <laughs> we're still, we're still figuring it out. I mean, they, uh, Doug and Jason both have all you guys talk about your bands. Jason, you talk about your bands. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been, I've, I guess I've been around the block a couple of times, uh, as, as well. As Doug has, uh, I, I I'm a singer songwriter as well, I, I've, and I play as uh, the describers, and I've been doing that for for quite a while. It's like it, the fact that you guys just to have multiple projects like blows my mind. Like because of how much good quality stuff you guys are putting out, like all of it, like none of it is less for you doing more. And I'm I j- I'm in all of it to be honest. Yeah, and then and then Doug has uh, the Duke. Oh yeah, I uh, I put out an album like a month or two ago for this band that I'm in called Duke Maroon, that Tyler's also in, um, <laughs> that he helped me like make that album so much better. Um, but you know, it's awesome and it was great during the pandemic because I had so much to work on. Where it'd be like Tyler sending me the demos of what would be both pictures of fireworks and then the next album that's coming out as well. And then I was working on an album that I did with Justin and then I did the Duke Maroon album and the River Bee stuff. So that was just incredible to have all this time. But now it's a little bit crazy when we look at our schedule and be like, all right, what band are we this week? Are we Jason's <laughs> backing band? Are we Andrew Houston's backing band? Are we River Bee? Are we the Tisberries? Are we, we are trying to count all the songs we've had to learn for performing them live in the past like two years. And it was it was at least a hundred or something, right, Doug? Yeah, because not only do you have the learning everyone else's set then there's the wilco gig where let's learn all those songs and then the philly sings philly where that's six other covers that maybe we've never played before i mean two of them maybe we did but yeah what uh what songs did you do for the uh philly sings philly we did um uh strand of oaks goshen 97 uh we did our pals full bush we covered one of their songs we did ray's happy birthday bar that was my favorite <laughs> yeah we did ween we did pork yeah. leg and cheese very cool um, we steamer hop along hop, yeah. yeah hop along uh uh how simple my heart and buzz Zemer, uh break my heart so very cool 
Very yeah. cool. That's a that's such a cool like a uh, little showcase event. Like I, I love seeing people just kind of you know give some flowers of the stuff from the area and all because like you know and it's one of the things and not just because you guys are in half of them but the the band scene right now in Philadelphia in the community is so lovingly and so like um you know even like not in the same genre but like you know everybody is kind of just propping everybody else up like it feels good. This feels like what I always wanted a community to feel like. Like, this feels like something special. Like, you know, not only am I getting on, but I'm bringing six other bands with me you know and I'll, and I'll shout their name from the heavens and that's kind of what you know why i started doing this and you know why i love what dan does with 25 o'clock like i love bringing kind of attention to just how much great talent is in this area and has been for decades you know um, there wasn't a question there. I just, uh, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just I just love it, man. I, like, I'm really excited. Like, um, you know, you, you guys were talking about learning all those songs. Have you guys like booked um, uh, entire nights? Because uh, that's got to that's got to be uh, uh, exhausting. Right. And what's the m most number of bands per we did the uh, the April 9th show, your birthday show, Tyler, at, was... at the Grape Room. We did the yeah. describers and and his various. And his various... Yeah. Um, I think Doug's first show was, was a double. <laughs> yeah, he had to learn uh, Tisbury's and our friend Andrew Houston uh, for his uh, album release songs. Yeah, um, and then have we ever done a Riverbeat Tisbury's uh, uh, doubleheader? I think no. I think it's just like maybe some of the longer sets we've brought August up, where it'd be like, okay, let's do a Riverbeat song. Yeah. Um, I, we might have one in the fall. I think we're still working out. Oh some, yeah, yeah. That might well, it'll probably be happening at some. All point. good things was could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but. yeah, it's it's a lot. And then John has his own band where he sits in that little closet there and he makes jingles. So uh, oh no, <laughs> I was gonna say before if I could, uh, all these guys are doing all these different things, but like when the pandemic hit and Tyler was, you know, so he'd send me a couple tracks. And it would take me like six months to, to sit down and work on one of them. And then after the album's finished, he sent me like 30 more tracks and I, I can't keep up. But I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best. You know, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What, yeah. what, what's this jingle thing? I, I'm a jingle guy. I like jingles. What's jingle? Oh, no. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. They're making it up. <laughs> uh, you gotta, I'll send you the Revel one. Revel scooters. It's, it's Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, so early days, I'm going to take this back real quick. I told you I'm going to jump all over the place. Early days, um, you guys gave yourself like Wilbury type names. What happened to that that device? Because that was cool. Yeah. I, originally, so our original name, uh, which John came up with when we were probably seniors in high school, was Tisbury Obama because it was like <laughs> a pun on... Uh, uh, is an ex flame of his, uh, <laughs> Their and, name, yeah. yeah. And then we were Tisbury Obama for a while and it kind of just was like, this name makes no sense. And I was sick of explaining it, um, <laughs> but we wanted to keep some consistency. So I dropped the Obama and we are, we're just the Tisburys. And then when I, people would ask, Oh, what's the Tisburys? And then I would have to explain the story even longer and longer. And then <laughs> I got to the point where it just became, I'm going to give, Fake name. It's like the Tisburys kind of sounded like traveling Wilburys. So I'll be like, oh, we'll give everyone fake names. And it kind of worked out for a while, too, because 
because we were all kind of spread out in at least in early incarnations of the band where I was in Philly and John was in, well, he was in Colorado at one point. And then uh, his brother who used to play keys for the band uh, was in Scranton. And then we had our our friend, Matt uh, Montella who played drums for years in Scranton. And, but we would always be, I'd always be kind of finding other like fill in players. And it was kind of this big mush for a while where there was like kind of rotating cast of Tisbury's. And so it was like, Oh, you're, your boog tisbury your <laughs> tree beard tisbury and it, it kind of made it fun um but it's been nice to kind of have a more as we've progressed and gotten a little more serious and just tried to focus the the music and this band at least that we've been playing with has been really really special and playing really well and the music's been awesome so um i thank all of you for for being a part of it it's uh it's been great and shout out to Dan who couldn't be here too. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, like um do you feel do you feel solid like uh now um as as a lineup and as a band like do you think this is it? Like are you prepared to kind of make this the uh Yeah, I mean, you know how I mean life takes people in crazy directions. So you sure. never know, I mean, how things go, but like the, at least this is like this especially this album Exile Main Street was made with this group of people and it's like I think a really potent expression of how we have been playing together these past two years or so and it's a combination of everything that has led up to this point it's that little synthy bits it's dan fucking shredding on the drums it's a just a really cool amalgamation of everything that has led up to this point and i think that's how music should be too it's just like a constant stream and conversation through an evolution of your influences and yeah, we would consider we would consider horn players or uh, strings. That would be yeah. cool to add into the mix at some point. We got some horns on the new one. There's oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. There's steel a saxophone. Drum. A steel, steel drum would be good. Yeah, yeah we'll get my my dad's uh, Jimmy Buffett cover band to do uh, nice. Yeah, some steel drums. And the, the the great sax line in Shattered. Not to bring it back to the, the... that was John. That's John. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was me. oh yeah. dude, see, you yeah. don't need horns. You are horns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I needed to wrestle with that. It was like my our friend Connor's old uh, middle school saxophone. It was in rough shape, so I had to like really tweak <laughs> the sound on that. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work. And, and the song's in the key of B, yeah. but yeah, you played it in what key? Because I well, trans- alto sax, you already have to transpose. You yeah. had to play in G sharp. And, but I, I actually I slowed it down. I very speeded it on my logic so that I could do it in a lower red or a, I think, it, oh, a higher register. And then I forget what I did. I, I really messed with it so I could actually play it because <laughs> I could not do that normally. <laughs> That's awesome. That is yeah. so cool. Uh, you know, the, um, the the reason I say about the lineup is because, you know, we were talking about Wilco and like, you know, you look at the early Wilco records and it was, it was a very floating thing. And then right around Ghost is Born, once, you know, Nels Klein joins the band and all, all of a sudden it solidifies into this, this creative force now that like, is just like I, I, I'm I'm a, a mark for Wilco, so you yeah. know, like I could I could go off forever, but like you know, the the nucleus is so strong right now that like uh, I, I mean, like the 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 cruel country uh, was just to me like them showing off that like oh by the way we can still do this as well like better than anybody else yeah like the best live band there is pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. 
it's a, it's absolutely incredible. So, um, uh, exile, uh, your exile, not the world famous exile. Uh, it's ballsy, very ballsy. I love it. I, and I love, I love the, the, the tell, tell the listeners, uh, who think I'm just making jokes here. Um, uh, kind of the, the replacements kind of homage with the title. Yeah. So the replacements called their third album, let it be as a big old middle finger to the Beatles. And, um, it's more of a reference to that than it is to the Stones. I mean, we don't. I don't really think we sound sound like the Stones at all, um, and it's not like we're doing like any kind of uh, Stones Exile on Main Street tribute or anything. It just kind of when I was writing a lot of the songs. Um, I, it's not that it's like a concept album, but like I like to find a kind of theme that kind of carries the whole record through because I think that's how the best albums are. That all the albums I love kind of have some cohesion and fluid like themes that are running through it. So um, I was kind of kept coming back to Main Street and just because I work at Main Street Music, the record store here in, in Maniunk, and uh, I love it to death. It's the best record store in the world. And uh, just like the concepts of, of like uh, there's main streets everywhere and there's this whole uniting thing. And um, it's like, what else was I going to call it? I could have called it main street music or I could have called it uh, main street. Something it was like, why don't I fucking call it exile main street and just pull a replacements. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's why, why not? Or, or, uh, or a, like a Wilco when they did Star Wars, right? Are we trying exactly. to get sued? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're trying to get sued. Yeah. yeah. The, D, the DBs have an album called The Sound of Music, which I thought was funny. There's like, there's like yeah. a long history of, of naming your albums. Just like Star Wars is a perfect example, actually. <laughs> which was also a ballsy move. Like just, yeah. that's, I love it. It's absolutely cool. Even uh, calling um, the follow-up to that Wilco Schmilko after Nielsen Schmielsen is yep. someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they right. were, it's great. Have, have, have you seen or heard of the like the original album artwork for Star Wars? No, I think they were. I think they were originally. It was originally going to be like the McDonald's Golden Arches because they were they were really going for trying to get sued. <laughs> Oh, that's, amazing. that's incredible. That's incredible. I don't know. I don't know if it was McDonald's, but something like that. Was it like Wilco, but like the McDonald's thing upside down? So it was I'm not. I, I can't. If only there was some magical oh, yeah. device that could take us to all the world's knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I do love the cat painting though. The cat painting is classic. That's so. It's good. a very nice touch. It's a yeah. very nice touch. Um, so um, uh, have. I just saw you guys um, at the Love from Philly Festival, um, and you guys sounded phenomenal. Um, Thank the, you so much. Um, how were any? Other, I think you played Garden that day, correct? I believe so. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you play any other new songs that day, or not that day? I think I, we. Yeah, it was just Garden, but we have started playing another. Um, I think we played Johnny Brenda's the following night, and we did. Uh, another new song that night, which is uh, on the run in Harmony, New Jersey, which will be um, a single that we should be putting out in August. That'll be the next single. Okay, because that that was actually my question was uh, what what the the kind of live response to um, the newer songs how how's it been? It's been great. I mean, uh, Garden I th is I'm really happy with that song, but the new other new one, uh, Harmony New Jersey, people would be like, I really like Garden, but I really like the other one. So it's really cool to to hear that. And it's tough, yeah. like pulling off new songs live. You're like pushing a baby off a cliff or something. So um, yeah, 
it's it's tough, it's tough for some, easy for others. No, yeah, <laughs> but it, it feels fresh. It, it, it's, like a, it's like a, a shot of life in your in your set list. So it's it's been really fun to to play the new songs. That's cool. And and you guys, um, I, you know, I, I shout this out to everybody who does it um, are uh, um, are uh, seemingly fans of the music video as much as I am. Um, you've got a great video out right now for Garden. Um, what was the process of putting that together? Um, yeah, I wanted to incorporate the Main Street in some way because that was like, oh, we're going to announce the title. Main, we'll film it right in Maniac. Our rehearsal space, uh, East Side Studios, is right there um, on the corner. Is that Leverington and uh, Umbrian? Umbria, yeah, it's, Umbria? It's right there. I, I think the Hooters rehearsed there in like the '80s. That's the story I'm always told. But um, if you go right behind that, there's that bridge that says Main Street on it real big, which is on the album cover. And then there's the original plan. Our buddy uh, Andy Silverman shot it. He's a great videographer, editor, director, everything. Um, he The original plan was to stand on top of the bridge, set up our gear and play live. And he was going to fly a drone around us and to get like some cool aerial shots. But uh, it was a no fly zone for the drone. So really? He, it's like all drones are government sanctioned with like yes. an app. And he was like, oh, I, I can't do the drone because <laughs> there's no it's a, like a I guess because it's suburb or uh, uh, people live there. So it's like, oh, scared oh I think it was the train. Right. Deceptive, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's too. Yeah. Some kind of weird stuff. And it was raining. So we were like, oh, we can't do the drone anyway because it's like gonna get wet and but then we thought oh the rain actually works because the song is about oh the rain falls too hard it kind of worked out perfectly we set up under the bridge and uh jason was like oh i have these raincoats in my trunk <laughs> so it, it all kind of worked out and turned out great i'm i'm really happy with it that's awesome because I, that was actually going to be one of my questions was the story behind the raincoats and that's uh they were just, they were just in your trunk <laughs> i i had uh concepts for my own for my own stuff uh just photo concepts for my own stuff uh with i had just a, or the idea of having a bit the band play or my band play in all raincoats so i just started like collecting i had like the full full gear so it was the trousers plus the plus the the top and then just a regular raincoat and the hat as well so they're like maybe two raincoats total but two pieces of rain gear total that we could share among four people, four or okay. five people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, the, um, so, you, you know, we kind of talked about uh, your relationship with XPN. You guys also did uh, this summer an awesome free at noon. What was that like? It was so much fun. It was incredible. I mean, this one was a little less pressure because we had the Wilco one previously. So there was that, I felt less nervous at doing it. Although there's still that element of this is XPN. We're at free at noon. Don't screw this up. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that I ever really get nervous, but it was just, you know, it's such a cool opportunity. I, I checked my, or I was like, right after we played the second to the last song, I looked at my hand and I was, it was shaking a little bit. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what the hell is going on here? It's like, it just seeps into you. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you realize you're like, oh, wait, I'm on the air too. It's like, there's, it's yeah. cool to play for people in the room. And it's also crazy to play at noon. Cause I, we're so on used to Friday. playing. <laughs> yeah, we're so used to playing like, oh, it, 
1030 in a club or whatever. But um, no, you're pl- you're wake. I just finished my coffee. I'm like, we're going on like right now. And it's like, you're not just playing for the people in the room. You're playing for the people out everywhere. And that covers the, ex- I mean, even people are listening online too. It could be anywhere in the world and shit. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, but like Doug said, it was so much less stressful since we had done the Wilco one still stressful we're playing our own songs so it's like and we had to play longer too yes yeah the wilco one we only did four songs because we split it with joey sweeney to preview the being there tribute but um definitely try and we did two new songs so it was like oh fuck don't don't yeah don't say <laughs> get, that be on the ball get it <laughs> right yeah don't forget the fucking words yeah <laughs> Well, that's that's one of the crazy things, you know, just kind of piggybacking on what you're saying about it going out on the, uh, you know, like it's not just XPN's market that gets those free at noons like that goes out onto the NPR site. And that's like, you know, that's that's epic exposure. Have you heard uh, from anybody random uh, not kind of attached to uh, uh, the area about that performance at all or I mean, mostly from XPN people have come up and been like, especially at the record store too. When I'm working at the record store, they'll, uh, somebody like, Oh, Tyler Tisbury is you guys were so great on XPN and stuff like that, which has been really, really cool. Yeah. And, and then the playlists, right. Uh, those were kind of out of, uh, out of the yeah, blue. Uh, right? Oh yeah. Garden was on some NPR playlist, which was really cool. And, bumped up our spotify streams which is important <laughs> yeah that's cool the um yeah I, i'm a i'm a uh actually I, I pay for apple music but i'm a uh at work i use title uh is my new thing so yeah. um uh enjoy some of those streams from me um, <laughs> <laughs> affecting your title numbers i think title pays you at like uh Maybe one cent per stream versus the point zero zero one three cents. Per <laughs> that's, that's why I switched to title. Uh, the sound that. quality I hear is way better too. Is that right? If you pay for it, yeah, I don't. Yeah, pay yeah. For it, okay. so, uh, uh, but <laughs> but no, it's it's awesome, and uh, I don't know why I just uh, all of a sudden inadvertently turned this into a title commercial. But they only do in their commercial breaks one com- one break or one commercial for title, and then it's back to your music. So you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you but if you um, scrabble your stuff on Last FM, the title commercial advertisement counts as a song. So like my That's number funny. one song is title <laughs> advertisement. <so. laughs> That's funny. Number one artist is title. Yeah, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, they know what they're doing. They're just messing up my Last <laughs> yeah. FM st- scrabble. Jay Z. Yeah. Does he still own it? I don't know. I, he still has a, a piece a, of it. A large investor in title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the so you know album in. September, are you guys touring at all or just playing local shows? We're kind of just building up to XPN Fest. That's the goal right now is to really lock in how we're going to play, like what we're going to play and just making sure we're like right on for that. And then uh, the album will come out that day. We're playing September 16th, um, that Friday of XPN. The album will be out that day. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to play some scattered stuff over the, uh, the fall. We'll probably come back, play New York with John couple times and i would like to do some some light touring right some some regional um northeastern stuff we are going down to virginia we're playing and uh my fiance has family in cape charles and we got a gig playing at a like a big park uh in cape charles it's like their summer fest thing so that's kind of quite a traveling uh, gig for sure that's awesome and the other bands any any shows coming up uh the, the tours oh, or anything 
Um, so Riverby has a show third. Okay. Well, we had a show this Thursday. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Like we killed it. I didn't, I did the cover. Um, so then uh, I'm trying to think of, I know definitely River B has, and then October doing Philly Music Fest, and then yeah. we have the fest okay. at the end of it. Opening for Mannequin Pussy at Philly Music Fest. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. Arts. Yeah, that yeah. is going to be incredible. Super stoked for that. Um, and then Duke Brune has a show on August 13th at Dawson Street. Pub. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and Go we're also we're also going. Tisburys are going up to Scranton uh, August 6th for a. Uh, called good things are happening fest it's our our buddy uh james barrett back from scranton put together this whole big day festival in scranton so that'll be the first time we go back and play there and god knows when john yeah so, bog right uh, five years to pre, pre-pandemic right yeah that bog yeah. show was actually that was 19 so yeah three or four years ago yeah Wait, was it with the groove merchants was that our last time that was no. that was Bethlehem. That somebody paid us. Somebody paid us a hundred dollars to play know. Bruce Springsteen at the and Bog. Doug cried. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time we were in Scranton. Yeah, yeah uh. that was at the Bog. Yeah, that's right. Uh. What uh, what 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 was the uh, Bruce song of choice? It was Dancing in the Dark. He said oh. any any song. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, play a Springsteen, and Doug, like, sold out immediately. So, well, I was just I'll like, I can't money. do this to my bandmates. They need the money. So even yeah, though I'll broke. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thank you. It. Yeah, you're welcome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so this is this is going to be a challenge, but we're going to do it, and we're going to make it through. Do you guys want to try this jauntlet questionnaire? Yeah. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. To Ready. make it the easiest way, we'll just go um, in the, the same circle that we've been going on questions. So we'll go uh, Tyler, John, Doug, Jason. Um, so we start with the one-hit wonders. Uh, number one, Billy Joel or Elton John? Tyler, start it off. I'm going Elton John. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Same, same here. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Billy Chill, obviously. Going with Elton. Okay. Elton you, wins. That I was just gonna say, <laughs> as a collective, maybe maybe we should do this as a vote, as a team vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um so um it, it's it's really interesting when I came up with that uh question, the first bunch of people, everybody said Elton John, and I was like, oh no. I was like, cause this was a replacement one. I used to do like Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth, and everybody was like, Come on. And uh and I, you know, um, so I put this one in, but then everybody kept saying Elton John, and I was like all worried. And then like I had like a run of like six episodes of everybody saying Billy Joel. So it just goes in sways. So I feel like uh you might have just pushed the sway back into the into the Elton zone. So there we go. <laughs> the, the Tisbury's push, we'll call it. Uh, number two, <laughs> Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Uh, Debbie Harry, totally. Uh, Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Debbie Woo! Harry. Oh, we got Split. a tie. Yeah. Dan's the tiebreaker. We got to call Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Have him email me his, uh, his response and then we'll break go. the tie. That's awesome. Uh, next one, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? I think I'm going Aretha on this, but I do have to shout out. Uh, I also have a CCR cover band, pirate themed CCR cover band called CCR. And uh, we do the Tina Turner version of Proud Mary. So I have to shout out Tina Turner, but I'm going Aretha on this. That is awesome. Do you guys play regularly? We played one Halloween show oh, okay. three years ago, but we're, we're thinking about bringing it back. It'll, it'll be back. CCR will make their its return. I love it. Uh, John. I'm going to do Aretha Franklin. 
All right, Doug. Tina Turner. And Jason. This one was a tough one. Because um, I, I guess I have a clarifying question. Are I, are we talking about just overall or... Because you got 60s Tina and Aretha and then 80s Tina and Aretha are very two, two very different entities. And one is... It's a it's it's a, way. it's a really interesting question that you put back on me, and I'm just gonna say whatever you want, um, however you want to look at it. <laughs> All right, I think I, I think I'm gonna go with I, just by hair, Tina, because I'm an '80s I'm an '80s person. Plus her bonkers piece in uh, the Tommy movie. Yes, yes, the the Acid Queen. Um, have you guys seen the Tenacious D uh, remake? of um i think they do the uh, um a bunch of songs from uh from tommy but um uh, uh jack black dresses up as ann margaret and it's um <laughs> it's horrifying <Amazing. laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely horrifying uh next one nirvana or pearl jam uh pearl jam pj baby yeah and i have to say nirvana nirvana i'm going with the nirvana as well Damn, PJ, oh. getting no. screwed here. Yeah, I was, I'm calling Eddie on all you guys. <laughs> I'm on your side on the Pearl Jam thing. Uh, you, you guys played the Love from Philly. Did you talk to, uh, to Andy about he was on the law team for um, Pearl Jam when they sued uh, Ticketmaster? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Is it? That yeah. dude's lived the weirdest life ever. Like, Seriously, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's a map, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Fighting the good fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Stevie, all easy. <laughs> Same Stevie. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. All Jason, I knew board. what your answer was going to be. You <laughs> gave oh, yeah. that away. Right? Mac in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you, you know, there's this weird thing um, where I'm not a American Horror Story guy. Um, but uh, when Stevie Nicks was on American <laughs> Horror Story in the Witches season, I was like, why doesn't she act more? Like, she was really hilarious on that show. I'd, I'm blown away that she hasn't done more uh, acting or whatnot. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. Debbie <laughs> Harry was in, uh, was that Videodrome? Yes. She yeah. was also in, um, did you ever see Spun? About no. uh, it's about um, a bunch of meth heads living in like a motel. It's, it's absolutely insane. It's batshit insane. Check Sick. it out. Yeah. Um, I forget who else was in it. Um, but good movie. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, next one, the big one: Beatles or the Stones? I probably have to say Beatles. Um, but shout out to the Stones. Uh, thank you for letting us steal your album title. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same here. Beatles uh, all the way. Uh, all the Stones are good, but yeah, Beatles. Yeah way up there yeah. i will say i listen i probably listen to the stones more now but like the beatles were my whole life back in the day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beatles i mean i'm pretty i'm indifferent yeah okay jason the who the, <laughs> i'll accept that as an answer the who uh, to me is the, is the greatest band that ever like when i look when i think about a band right and i think about like what signifies like an epic band like everything that i imagine is the who 
um, like from songs to frontman to guitar to bass to drums. Like they're just they're the best, the absolute best. It's so, the only band with three lead players and one rhythm player. That's and the rhythm player is the guitar player. Is the guitar player? It's, <laughs> it's so true. They're absolutely phenomenal. I uh, I saw them um, on the tour where John Entwistle passed away, and our show yeah. was canceled because of it. So they rescheduled and they came back, and they're introducing everybody. And I forget who was playing drums for him. It was uh, either Ringo's kid or Jason Bonham. It was one of the one, somebody's kid. Uh, so he was like, uh, and on drums, uh, whoever's kid. And then he goes, and on bass, replacing another who corpse, Pino Palandino. And I was like, my God, he just passed away. <laughs> like, damn. But, but it's Pino Palladino. But yeah, it was Pino yeah. Palladino. Yeah. Who is <laughs> like another dude who I would love to pick his brain because good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Um, the last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven. This one's also easy. Uh, Stairway to Heaven, one hundred percent. I would never. I don't need to ever hear Bohemian Rhapsody ever again. <laughs> yeah, Stairway to Heaven here too. But I, I do like Bohemian Rhapsody. But yeah, Stairway was the first, uh, my first big break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> middle done. school, middle yeah. school talent show or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Stairway, mm-hmm. Stairway. All right, look at that, an undefeated stairway. So here's the other thing. So many people have been picking Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought about changing this one, but now these are four stairways. No. That counts. Yeah. Yeah. It's his very sway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, you, it's a song you, name. Uh, <laughs> you put the Tisbury push on another song. I love it. Um, uh, that's cool. Uh, the, all right, so the next section is the top 10 countdown. Um, as you guys are all aware, John can be whatever you want it to be. So it doesn't have to be music. It can be anything you'd like. But um, starting with the first one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were a kid? Um, oh, obsessed with. Uh, okay, that still works. Uh, I put um, uh, the Ovation guitar my dad gave me when I was, I think, yeah, 13 or 14. Um but my first guitar was a beat up ovation guitar from the eighties with the curved back and kind of sounded like crap when you played it by itself. But I love that thing. It's still, Do you still have it. I was just going to yeah, say it's, it's under the, the thing over there, but it's, it's still in there. That's so cool. Uh, John, how about yourself? Um, it could be non-musical John or. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was probably like Stephen King books. Because I, I, I wasn't allowed to read them, so I was like, I would just be like, oh, I got to find my way to get one of these, you know, try to read half of it before it gets taken away. So, yeah, Stephen King, I guess, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite King novel? Um, I read Salem's Lot. It was, it's, it was a while ago, but I really liked Salem's Lot. I got to read it again. I got a copy of it for, like, my birthday or Christmas or something. So, yeah, I, I think it'll hold up. But, I mean, The Shining's great. It's great. You know, Stand, uh, the classics, yeah. <laughs> I, I just watched Misery for the first time, yeah. like, three days ago. Um, and kicks ass. Great movie. Mm-hmm. My uh, was that my... in memory of uh, James Conn? No, it was like two days before he died, which was nutty. Uh, yeah, that's wild. They just did um, Misery on the Rewatchables. That's and, why I listened to it. That's why. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, that makes my foot hurt every time I think about it. Like that. Oof, that's, yeah, right. That's just a brutal scene. Uh, Doug, how about yourself? First, John. Uh, I would say the Evil Dead trilogy. Those movies just kind of put me down a path that you know led to a lot of other things. Definitely, definitely. Um, does it now? Does that go for uh, all things, Raimi, or is that just? I mean, I was terrified of Darkman when I was a kid. Now I absolutely love it. 
And I mean, I went to see the new Doctor Strange more so because of Sam Raimi than, you know, uh, the character of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the Raimiisms in that movie were so welcome. Like I was just so glad to have him back doing, doing comic films and stuff, just bringing kind of that like horror bent to like, you know, you look at like Spider-Man two, the scene where Doc Ock, you know, awakens after having the, the arms fused to him. And it's such a Raimi scene. And like, those are the things I look for in those movies is like that one time where the director's like, Oh, by the way, I'm also still here in this behemoth corporate ip thing you know oh yeah very cool jason first john star trek the next generation yeah oh <laughs> were, um were you was that your entry were you uh it was or, my entry to uh, entry to all things star trek <laughs> that's cool that's cool um all right now um would pick a uh, doctor are you a uh, uh beverly crusher or are you um uh what was the other on no, next gen it was dr pulaski pulaski yes <laughs> season two she, the, oh that might be that you know what i just i now have an unappreciated john <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah i was a, i was a big next gen fan um you know i told you i wrote that screenplay for game henge i also wrote um before generations came out i wrote a crossover um spec script for um uh next generation and the original series to meet um except for it was a um it was almost like a mad magazine spoof where like um uh picard was just stuck up and kirk was like a frat boy and um uh, i i i would say i would post it because there are some funny things in there but i wrote it when i was 15 and it's 2022 and it would be the end of me if i put that out so um who who would have thought that crossover would have actually been kirk making eggs for picard it was was like such a bizarre like i i can't believe that somehow shatner got his horses into that movie like it's just it's absolutely glorious that that even exists um okay number two current john what are you into right now tyler uh my fiance and i just finished watching the bear on hulu have have you seen that nate especially you i haven't seen it so shout out wilco there's like four it takes place in chicago it's uh the one dude from shameless is like a cook like a chef in like a chicago steak shop and this uh, the show is amazing all the acting all the directing like it's just beautifully put together and i've never seen him i used to work in so many restaurants when i was like growing up and through college and it's the most real restaurant show i've ever experienced and the soundtrack is killer it's all i mean chicago it's wilco it's i mean radiohead it's uh like all the rem is in there just incredible music and really good show highly recommended Adding it to the queue, like yeah. uh, that, that that sounds right up my alley. Uh, yeah. John, what are you into right now? Uh, this is random, but the the other day I I uh, found a Bobby McFerrin album that I really liked. Sick. I, I never really listened to him, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's the man." I, I don't even know what it's called, but it's on my Spotify. Uh, but Bobby McFerrin's pretty sweet. I, oh yeah, I heard him playing with like Chick Corea. Like, I mean, that dude's unreal. Is he a Philly guy? Is he? Mm-hmm. I feel like he was from New York, but I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up because I will. I feel, I feel um, like his daughter is playing music now and she's based in Philly or something. There's some connection maybe. between mm-hmm. McFerrin and Philadelphia. That's uh, t- yeah. I'm on it. You just gave me a future guest. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Doug, how about yourself? What are you into? Um, Station Eleven. It's this HBO show. It's I, I have still three episodes left, but I'm loving it. Okay, it's also been in my queue. Um, I, th- there's a bunch of comedians on that. Is that true? Like uh, David Cross shows up at one point. He's so good in it. Okay. But you need them in there because otherwise it's the most depressing show. And I'm finally far enough away from COVID that, or the pan, yeah, the pandemic quote is far, but it's all, it being about a pandemic is kind of a tough sell. It especially was 2020, um, Mm. maybe a little less now, but it's so well done. Awesome. I got to check it out. Uh, Jason, how about yourself? You're not going to believe this. Star Trek, strange new worlds. Ah, very (laughs) cool. That's, uh, you know, um, I um, am so far behind on that Paramount Plus universe. Um, Like I I finished season one of Discovery and then I started season one of Picard and that's where I'm stuck. But like Strange New Worlds is the one that like I almost want to jump everything and just start that. Just do that. It'll it'll make (laughs) it'll make everything else go down easier as well. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I and like what a big year for Anson Mount I know. gets to do that and then gets his head blown off spoilers. Uh <laughs> you know. Very cool. Very cool. Uh the next one, uh first concert. What was your first con- live show you went to? Uh the first big one I remember going to uh was Bruce Springsteen at Hershey Park in I think 2009. That was like my first like major concert where it like changed my whole life and that was really special. Very cool. Very cool. What uh, do you remember? What album that was touring on? It was working on a dream. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really, mm-hmm. really good. I think it was one of Clarence's last tours. So very cool. Yeah. Definitely, definitely one that's awesome to have in the book. Of mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't get to miss. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen him. Um, uh, it's it's uh, like I I came to Bruce very late. Um, because, um, he's one of those people who I couldn't stand. And then I realized, oh, it's not the music I can't stand. I don't like the people who like him. And, uh, (laughs) and it was like the Grateful Dead was the same exact way. And, and, um, it's actually what pushed me out of the fish, uh, community. Uh, Ah, but, (laughs) but, but once I started to kind of strip away, like all of the people I went to high school with who listened to these different people, then I was like, oh, it's my own fault. I'm the asshole. So, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he comes through again. Uh, one last hurrah or something comes and plays Citizens Bank would be really special next year. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah, Doug, man, I'm in it. Doug, um, Doug will not be there. We, we don't have to get into that again. <laughs> um, John, uh, first concert. First concert that I can remember was uh, my, my, I think it was my mom took all of us to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Wow. Um, Which was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I was young, you know, Um, but yeah, just all that shredding, maybe it made like an impression like, oh, I got to play, I got to play guitar or something, you know, Christmas carols shredding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dude, between that album and um, Gary Hoey, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Hoey, he's a guitar player. Um, He had this album out called Ho Ho Hoey and then Ho Ho Hoey volume two. Um, Yeah, we used to when I used to work for Sam Goody and uh, Christmas time, like it was all guitar driven Christmas songs and stuff. Yeah, yep. Uh, You guys did a Christmas song with Ben Arnold. Is that he co I I wrote a song and then Ben uh, like helped me with it, like with some of the lyrics and the composition. So it's technically a co-write because he has like some of my favorite Christmas songs. So I was like, Ben, could you help me out with this one? Christmas Tears. Yeah. Um, And then he on 
our band camp, you can find the Ben Arnold version, which is kind of funny. That's uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That is super Ben's, cool. Ben's the best. Yeah. He, I mean, I used to host the open mic night at Dawson street pub and um, he would always come through and hang out and he's a, he's a sweetheart. Thanks for reminding me. We had to have meet met. Um, cause I used to play, uh, the Dawson street open mic every once in a while. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Like my, um, I, I told Ben the story when he was on the show. Um, but the very first time I met him, I got done playing and I was trying to say goodbye to Russ. Yes. Um, no, and, we know Russ. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 uh, I was like, Hey Russ, I got to take off. And he was like talking to Ben and Ben was like, Hey man, um, great set. He was like, you look really familiar. And the way it came out of my mouth. Uh, it didn't hit me until I got to my car, but I was like, you don't know me friend. And then like what I meant was I'm not anybody and you have no idea who I am. But the way it came across was just like, you don't know me friend. Like I'm fucking Clint Eastwood or something. <laughs> but yeah. Um, love the Dawson. Love the Dawson. Yeah. Um, Great spot. Yeah. Uh, Doug first concert, the Eagles in pride 2002. Okay, that was that like uh, when they were when they did that unplugged reunion, or is that like way after that? It was I like their you. goodbye concert. Quote, oh, unquote. They did like five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that uh, he- was the hell frozen over or something? That's it, what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, that might have been it. Um, but it was interesting, and it <laughs> made me appreciate Joe Walsh. They okay. let him do some songs, and that was probably my favorite part. Hell yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Jason, first show. I, I might have to pass on that one because I'm having trouble remembering really? what would have been the actual first. Because it would have been pretty late. Uh, we were kind of homebodies growing up. So okay. it didn't happen until really kind of late for me. You can make it up. It can be, uh, it doesn't have to be real. I won't so judge. The, so the cl- <laughs> the, let me say, uh, the closest probably would have been me hanging out in. So I in high school, I worked at Hershey Park. So. Occasionally, you would get out at 10 o'clock if there's a concert happening in the stadium, uh, and I'd just listen to what's going on before you left. That's, That's cool. Was, the, it, was, um, was it Bruce Springsteen? I no, it, it wasn't Bruce. I did actually. I think I caught some of uh, like Fleetwood Mac on the Say You Will tour. Oh. Uh, but the weirdest one was always, I mean, not weirdest, but Dave Matthews Band coming through was always the big one. In yeah. Hershey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you, um, do you, do you still make trips to Hershey? Do you have a favorite coaster there? Uh, let's see, actually the new one, uh, it's, it's insane. It, it's, <laughs> as silly of a name as it is, is uh, Candemonium is a good, is a, just a good ride. The, uh, the first time I wrote it, my girlfriend's nephews were behind me and they still tell the story of, remember when we went down the hill and you screamed, holy shit. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. I was, I was scared. I was terrified. <laughs> and it's got the, it's, it's got the right intensity to it. Cause I think sky rush is a little bit too, yeah like just too many vertical G's. Like you're, you're just kind of crushed into your seat and you kind of maybe a little bit too, a little bit too much. Candemonium's got the right the right balance. I I one hundred percent agree. What a fantastic coaster that is. Uh number four, what was your last concert? Uh just saw Heim at the Man uh, about a month Very or so cool. ago. Fucking great. They brought uh their mom out and they did Rich Girl, which was that's amazing. that's cool. I was just talking to um Dan 
uh, Drago because he was talking about the Firefly lineup and he said, you know, there's only like one or two local bands on there. And I was like, does the high mother count? Yeah. Because, because they're playing. <laughs> Billy, so that's, yeah. That's got to count for something. Um, and he was like, is that some kind of six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing? And I was like, yeah, it's exactly yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to take what you can get. Uh, John, how about yourself? Last show you saw. Uh, so I think this is right. Well, I'm just going to say it's right. But um, I, I'm going to change my answer because it actually technically was high M2 in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> uh, but I'll say uh, the other one, just so it's a little more interesting. Uh, Jacob Collier, which was uh, wow. pretty, pretty sweet. I don't know if you're, if you know, yeah, where, where was that at? That was at Brooklyn steel. And it was, I would say it's one of the best yeah, shows that I've ever been to. It was just like unreal. Yeah. I mean, all these players were just like, you know, geniuses and, you know, super talents you know, super, and it was cool. I mean, he like, he gets the audience to like sing, you know, chords basically and moves the pitches around and stuff. It's like, it's a wild time. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so cool. Doug, uh, last show. If we're talking about like not local band Radiohead, but if we are talking about a local band that I wasn't playing at that show, probably full bush. Okay. Very cool. I was going to say it only doesn't count if you're playing in that band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So which limits it a lot for you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, It's difficult. Uh, Jason last show. I think for the, for non-local, like lar- larger non-local bands, I think it was Wilco at the man last year. That was a great show. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was there. That was um, absolutely phenomenal. I try to try to catch them every time uh, they come through, but like, uh, God, just such an incredible live band. Yeah. Um, though horror story about that show, we missed Slater Kinney because we got all the way to the man and realized we left our Vax cards at home. So oh. I had to drive all the way back out to the suburbs and then all the way back to the Man Music Center. It was um, it was uh, a uh, a lesson in pandemic concert experiences. <laughs> I have a friend who that happened to, and he he just pulled up Google Images on his phone and and God wherever just he like was a going. random Vax card with no oh, information yeah. on it. Oh, brilliant! Man. I won't name him. <laughs> brilliant! I should have thought of that. <laughs> um, number six. What was your favorite concert? Uh, I I always say um, uh, I saw one of the last LCD sound system shows at Terminal Five, like pre breakup, like. It was the last one before the MSG one where it was the last hurrah or whatever, the long goodbye. I forget what they called it, but they've been back together since I've seen them since. But I mean, it still doesn't sully my experience with that show, which was really special. And other than that, it's like I've seen. Yeah, there's some been some Wilco shows at the man that just like completely but we've already we've talked enough about <laughs> fucking amazing Wilco shows. Yeah. Um, Jeff Jeff Tweedy was one of the first. Um, well, Jeff's publicist was one of the first people to ever send me a rejection letter. So, oh, uh, <laughs> which look, I, I'll tell you what, I love rejection letters. I kind of collect them because, like, I'm like, thank you for taking the fucking time to just say I'm to sorry. Actually, no. respond. Yeah, yeah, it's better than um, nothing. The best one I ever got was um, Sylvester Stallone's people. Like, it was like a a i'm sure it was a form but like it was like paragraphs of stuff like hey we really hope you um are uh excel in your future endeavors and we really appreciate you looking out and you know congratulations on all your successes and i was like holy crap he doesn't have to come on the show this was good enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) um john favorite favorite show uh i'm all i'm still uh still hyped up on jacob collier right now but uh in the past i mean 
uh, let's see. I haven't been to too many, too many concerts. Andrew Bird was really good. I saw him a few years ago. That band was like super tight. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go with, with that one. Yeah. All right, Doug. Uh, I'd say Godspeed, you Black Emperor, or the Thomas L. Wilco in Niagara Falls. Oh, fantastic. I love it. Uh, Jason. I might have two answers for you. Uh, the first one's a quick one. Uh, at, when David Byrne American Utopia tour came through XPN Fest, that was an incredible show. And it was obviously in the formative stages before it even got the, bro- you know, before the Broadway production. But uh, I think favorite of all time, just because the experience was uh, Blake Mills at World Cafe Live in 2014, I think, uh, for his Hi-Ho album. He, had, he secretly had Fiona Apple on the tour with him she came out and sang a couple songs and, and the night i was there jackson brown also happened to be in town uh, for another a show the next night uh somewhere else in philly and he ends up sitting in front of me and my sister and they end up bringing him on stage and the and it also happened to be jackson brown's birthday oh my god so the entire <laughs> so the entire crowd ends up singing happy birthday to him and then he sings a sings a song with blake mills as well that's incredible what a like what a weird window of a night of just like oh and then also like it's like it's like whenever you have those dreams and you're trying to explain a dream to somebody and you're like and then so and so was there and it's like why were they there i don't know they just were like (laughs) and i think why music was opening for them so that's rob moose who's an incredible player as well so it's just just one of those nights of like pure alchemy that's so cool. That's magic. Can you guys um can you guys enjoy live music still um as players? Um because uh I I, I a lot of times I'm just like I don't think I get I that. Feel, yeah. yeah oh, much, oh, but I just sometimes I feel bad for my significant other where it's like, what are we gonna go do? Go see another show? Yeah. Um go through this <laughs> life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I lucked out. Uh, my girlfriend loves music as much as I do, so like we, um, that's like our thing. Is like, uh, hey, are we going to the show? I hope so. Like, you know, like uh, there's very few arguments, except for um, I, I uh, um, what did I try to get her to go? See? No, no, no. She went. She went. We went to see Idols when Idols. Oh, was. really? That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. And and that was love. She was like, "Do you, I will go to the uh, to the the booth and get the t shirt for you, so you don't have to leave this this." spot where you're standing like that was that was the pinnacle of love but what uh what a show that was that was absolutely insane um and was my first indoor show um you know post pandemic like it was just a lot of energy in that room it was fantastic um uh number number six who have you never seen live that you wish you would have they can be living or dead uh tyler um i got a split one here i got the walkman and i got rem yeah very cool. Very cool. And definitely understandable. Definitely understandable. Uh, John. Oof, I didn't think this one uh, through. Uh, let's see. Well, I know Paul Simon's alive still, but I, yeah, I would love to go see him. I mean, that'd be, hope he, I'd be still tours. I think he's, he stopped touring maybe, or maybe it's a, it's a fake out. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta just, uh, what you guys gotta do. Here's what you gotta do is you got to push this forward to get an SNL appearance. Then you get (laughs) Lauren Michaels here and you tell him that Paul Simon's just coming. And then that's how you go. go. Will that, will that energy into the, uh, into the universe? Uh, Doug, how about yourself? Mean. Yeah. Yeah. I never have seen that, but I'd really either. 
and like as many times as they've played anywhere around here. And I've, you know, those are the, those are the kind that always um, scare me when I don't see them because like uh, uh, Elliot Smith, I feel like used to always be playing at like either the truck or the TLA or like play. And every single time I was like, oh, I'll catch them next time. And then, you know, you don't, um, <laughs> but yeah. yes, definitely. Uh, Jason talking heads. Never saw t- the, the, the full band. Well, I mean, they they stopped they stopped right. doing any live things in after stop making sense. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, damn, that would be cool. Like you know, I I know everybody romanticizes this time period and all, but could you imagine seeing the Talking Heads at CBGBs? Like that, like it's just mind melding. I I asked the same question. I was like, would you rather see them in CBGBs era or stop making sense era? I think I would be more CBGBs, but you, the two of them were saying, uh, uh, I kind of split the difference and said, maybe something on the remain in light tour with eight when they had Adrian blue on. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Like I just, I couldn't, I can't, I can't even picture what that room was like back then like just just the 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 legends that went through that small tiny room like it's just it it boggles my absolutely boggles my mind um number seven uh name an unappreciated john um the tiny carts at the grocery store i like it I like it. Do you have a uh, certain store that you prefer uh, other than others or just the Acme or Giant, whatever. As long as I can get one of those tiny carts, I'm I'm golden. Very cool. Uh, John, what do you got? Oof. Unappreciated, right? Yeah. Underappreciated. Uh, I was going to say parking spots in Brooklyn, but they're definitely appreciated. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to find parking before this. Uh yeah, we'll just go with that. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, and and Maniunk, not much better on that nope. part. Yeah, <laughs> no. not at all. I had, I had a buddy who lived in Maniunk for a few years, and like every time I went to visit him, I'm like, "You've got to move. Like, we're <laughs> mm-hmm. at least make it to Roxborough or something so I can yeah. park." <laughs> uh, Doug, how about yourself? Unappreciated, John. The cookies and cream milk at Wawa. Wow. Okay. I've never tried it. Does it? So now does this taste like um, leftover um, uh, uh, Oreo dunking milk or does this have its own kind of? It's closer to (sighs) melted. Yeah. 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 That's what it's like. (laughs) Okay. I can mess with that. I can definitely mess with that. Uh, Jason, how about yourself? Dr. Catherine Pulaski, season (laughs) two, Star Trek The Next Generation. I've been waiting for it. Diana Mulder. I've been waiting for it. That's so cool. The lady um, who fell down the elevator shaft in LA Law. That's right. That's right. That is an epic pull. I love it. Um, the so the, the the funny thing about Next Generation to me is just like um, going back and watching them because when that was out, like it blew my mind. How I'm like, how can you guys do this on syndicated television? Like this is so good. And now like you go back and watch, and it's like, oh, I mean, they're on the bridge for a considerable amount of time. <laughs> like, it, but it, it you know excellent excellent stage plays um, essentially that they wrote on that show. Um, number eight. This is a tough one, I know, but uh, what's your favorite album? Um, I think at the end of the day, it's Is This It, uh, the first Strokes record. Yeah. Ch- changed my life. Yeah. All right. John? For some reason, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Blue, Joni Mitchell. I just popped in. Great know? pull, dude. That's a sick choice. <laughs> that is beautiful. 
Doug, how about yourself? Wish you were here by Pink Floyd. Yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And Jason? Live Pinger was Tusk, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. All right. I like it. This is a, like, that's a, like a, a th- those are like a, a four, like good core, f- you know, favorite album, like kind of to give like, um, for anybody who hasn't listened to you guys, just like a very good understanding of like where you guys come from and where like where where your where your core is, if you will. I like that. Those are all very very. Mine mine's embarrassing, like not embarrassing, but like my favorite album of all time is Pinkerton by Weezer. All right, and it's dude, it's, hell yeah. It, it's like it's less about the album and more just about like. Well, no, it is about the album. Like every single song on there transports me to like my my second year of college, First and time like you heard it. yeah, yeah, and like it blew my mind because like and and it's still like all right. So I've been working on this piece for the website, and it's been really hard for me to write because everything I've ever wanted this yo that's my John Brand to be has just been bathed in positivity. I want people to just talk about the things they like. That's kind of where this whole countdown came from and whatnot. But I'm really, really, really inspired to write this article called Do I Even Like Weezer? And what it is, is this massive thing. And I literally have a spreadsheet put together of songwriting, um, who's playing on tracks and stuff like that, of their entire career. And I'm going to go song by song and figure out, you know, with quantitative value, whether or not I actually like Weezer. <laughs> do you do you know Pat Finnerty? I've I so I have you seen I've, his one on uh on Beverly Hills? Yeah. So it's literally sitting in my bookmarks because when I told yeah. somebody about this, they sent it to uh, actually yep. you guys know Maggie, right? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so Maggie sent it to me. She was like, You have to check this out. And, then, yeah. and I was like, it's the same thing back to screenplays. I wrote this screenplay about two people who meet at a bus station and end up spending a day together and they fall in love and blah, 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 blah. And someone said, That's before sunrise. And I was like, fuck. So I'd never watched before sunrise until I finished the screenplay. So it's the same thing with this. I have to finish this Weezer piece, then I'll watch this video. But perfect. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so Pinkerton uh is my answer uh to be um <laughs> Number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. And this includes, even if you have to um, uh, be apologetic for any of it. Um, probably Vampire Weekend. I, that's like the one band. It's like I like look forward to what they're going to do next uh, the most. And uh, yeah, it's always really cool when they put new music out. Definitely. And even the stuff that just Ezra touches is just yeah, like... Yeah, totally. It's awesome. John, how about yourself? Uh, I want to say... Oh, well, you know, I was going to say Punch Brothers, but I didn't check out their latest album. So uh, I'm switching to um, uh, Julian Lodge. He's like a jazz guitar player. He's not familiar. I got to check that out. Um, Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Doug? I think Ween. Yeah. And you've not seen them live. That's it's absolutely incredible. You got to make that. You got to make that happen. You gotta. You gotta break that. Uh, it's it's just tough when you look at like the hundred dollar tickets for yeah. them at the Met, where it's just like, is this show gonna happen? Are any shows gonna happen? Um, and then during the week, you know, it's. I mean, my bandmates will see when they're older, but it gets like tough when you have a ch- like, you know. Sure. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Jason, how about yourself? I think I'm going with Peter Gabriel. Yes. You know, I, um, I, what was the album that's got digging in the dirt on it? Um, that is us. Us. Like, um, I, I, 
have ignored that album for probably since it came out and not because of any dislike or anything like that, but just because like it's one of those albums that just kind of fell through the cracks in my mind. And I've recently gone back and started listening to that. And I'm just like, God damn, you just don't that's fail. Some of his, like, yeah, that's some of his like deepest. I mean, it's also like it's, it's his divorce album. So it's right. It's it's real personal songwriting in that one. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. All right. The very uh, last uh, of the top 10 countdown. Uh, question number 10. What is your favorite John of all time? Again, it can be anything you want it to be. Um, I I did favorite song. Um, that works. Recently, uh, I think I've decided my favorite song ever is The Hole of the Moon by The Water Boys. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've, I, I've had a couple different songs over... Like favorite song ever, like favorite album is kind of easy because it's like what, at least the way I look at it, it's like there's this thing that changed everything. But songs, I feel like kind of grow with you and like you kind of grow out of certain songs. But recently I've been growing into the whole of the moon being my favorite song ever. So I love it. Very awesome. Shout out the water boys. Shit rules. Uh, John, how about yourself? So John doesn't have to be a musical John, right? It can be anything you want it to be. Uh, oh yeah, I have my favorite John right here. <laughs> did it? Did it pick it up? It did one hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, that's. I use it every show. Every show I fit it in. Yeah. That is the coolest thing in the world. I love it. I love it. Doug, how about yourself? Toot, toot. Uh, I think playing music with my friends. Oh, it's beautiful. He didn't mean you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Jason, favorite you know John of I'll all. I'll get a little I'll get a little sentimental. Uh here we go. Got my cat. I'm gonna say my <laughs> cat. Aww. Got got him at like uh March last year in the pan- in the pandemic when I was just losing my mind. And uh I love helped, it. What, uh, yeah, helped uh help me lose my mind a little less. What what what's uh, your cat's name? It's it's Jackson. Ah, very beautiful. But spell Jackson. J-A-X-O-N. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> they, it, but it was already named. He was already named. Not that. on purpose. It was, it total it, total coincidence. <laughs> I was I was going to ask if it was an M- if it was an MMR cat, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no total coincidence that his name only has one letter difference than my own. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. You know, um, the favorite John thing uh, has gotten recently. Um, I don't know if you guys are Stranger Things guys, but you know the uh, what's your Vecna's curse song and stuff like that. And um, my answer for favorite John is Star Wars. Like I'm a Star Wars geek. It's just it's it's it deep in my soul. But um, I realized that my my song that would break Vecna's curse, my running up that hill, Kate Bush, uh, if you will. Um, I realized the, the other day that it's probably the elephant love medley from moulin rouge that like if there were anything that could bring me out of any kind of depression or any kind of darkness it's that song and it's just so bizarre like it just happened two days ago or something like that and now i'm now it's all i can think about and i'm like is that my favorite john of all time do i just love elephant love medley is that the one that has the elton john interpolation in it It has your song in it no so it's the one that is um it's got uh i was made for loving you by kiss it's got it's the one that just takes uh, a um amalgam of 
all kinds of love songs and puts them all together. Okay, and yeah. um, so um, I'm not going to do it right now, but I realize that no matter whatever happens to me, if I have amnesia or anything, I can regurgitate that entire thing, both parts, both Nicole Kidman's part and Ewan McGregor's <laughs> part um, off off rip without it like i'll just black out and then that'll happen um but i'm not gonna do it right now so uh, I, I, I just had the thought like now like talking about that kind of that kind of song i think that's gonna be and bring it's actually gonna have kate bush in it of all of all people uh don't give up don't give up that that's like the that's the make a grown man weep song it's so beautiful and it's like you know it's, it's one of those things where like i'm i'm hoping that there's kind of a resurgence of that like that kind of um proxy kate bush kind of uh thing i would love that song to come back into the zeitgeist because yeah absolutely beautiful you ever see the video for that it's just it's just him and it, him and kate bush just in an embrace with a on a turnstile yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's so like it oh, works. God. it's so perfect and that, i love it so the, the, much the bridge on a bridge <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's it's absolutely phenomenal so uh september 16th uh exile on main street comes out um and then you're also playing the xpn music festival um what you said uh what was going to be the second single uh on the run in harmony new jersey uh when should be you- out hopefully august i'm thinking yeah very cool video for that as well we're working on it we're thinking of some stuff yeah yeah that is so cool. And then, like, uh, are you guys uh, working on a follow up already? Because uh, you seem so prolific that I got to think you're already two I'm always, steps into the next. I'm, I'm always right. And I got like, sh- yeah, I got stuff in the cooker and I'll be sending these guys fucking songs the day the album comes out. Drive them all nuts. It's going to be <laughs> that's, great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I legitimately um, am so so overwhelmed uh with joy that you guys are on this show like i said uh i've been a fan for a while you know you guys um you guys like the same shit i like and you play the kind of shit that i like um so it's like uh this was this was destined to happen in my mind so uh, i thank you and i can't wait to see you guys at the exponential music festival if anyone wants to find you on the internet what's the best way to track you guys down uh just yeah follow on uh at the underscore Tisburys on Instagram, Twitter, follow us on Bandcamp, tisburys.bandcamp.com, Spotify, anything, uh, pre-order the record. I don't know. Anything, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. We say hi. It. Yeah. Yeah. Come, come to XPN Fest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. You yeah. Had a, any last words for um, these uh, cool peoples at home? Not much. Just Nate. Thank you so much for having us on. We really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this was a blast. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. My thanks again to Tyler, John, Doug, and Jason for joining me on the show today. If you would like to find out more about the Tisberries, you can check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore Tisberries, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tisberryo, or on their Bandcamp page at tisberries.bandcamp.com. Their new album, Exile on Main Street, is coming out on September 16th, and its first single, Garden, is available now on their Bandcamp page and on all major streaming services. Guys, it is so, so good. Be sure to check that out. And if you want to catch the Tisberries live, they will be playing Central Park Cape Charles in Virginia on August 20th and at the Exponential Music Festival alongside Samantha Fish, Taj Mahal, Patti Smith, The War on Drugs, and more at Wiggins Park in Camden, New Jersey on September 16th. 
Links to all of those can be found in the show notes. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you are looking to earn a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world, you can do it just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight into your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Oh yeah, baby, we made it through another one. Thanks, as always, for lending me your ear. I hope you enjoyed it, and as always, I hope you come on back for the next go-around. Blue skies, until next time, everybody! Hey yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure Your taste in music doesn't have to be Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production Written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0 Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle And the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yothatsmyjohn at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout, To the world, yo, that's my John.